okay here is the continuation of the teaching and i am dr ruth thank you for being with me today we move on here to verse uh, 13 verses 13 uh, to verse 21 we talk about the lord jesus feeding the multitudes i pick it up here verse 13 when jesus heard what had happened meaning what had happened to john he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place so we see the lord jesus taking some time to mourn the loss of his cousin remember jesus and john the baptist were first cousins so it is very appropriate to take some time out privately to mourn the loss of loved ones. We see the Lord Jesus doing this here. Hearing of this, the cross followed him on foot from the towns. The crowd, the people still followed Jesus. Verse 14, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Wow. The Lord Jesus was always moved by compassion. He is still moved by compassion today. When we are going through a hard time, Jesus is just feeling compassion for us. Absolutely. So don't let anyone deceive you that when you're going through a hard time, no one knows my sorrows. That's not true. Jesus Christ knows and he is available to help. Call upon him. Verse 15. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. <laughs> the disciples, looking at the physical, already said, No, we can't do this. Jesus, send them away. But let's see how the Lord responded. Verse 16, Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Powerful. The Lord is asking the disciples to do the impossible. Just like today, he is still asking us to do the impossible. You know why? Because it will be him doing it through us. If we can only believe in him and obey, we serve a God of impossibilities. And we are about to see how the impossible will happen. Verse 17, the disciples responded, We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Verse 16, bring them here to me. Powerful, verse 17. There's a principle here. Mm -hmm. It's not how much you have to give to God. Whatever little you have, you give to God in faith. He will take it and quadruple it a hundredfold. Glory to God. These disciples said they only had five loaves of bread and two fish but in faith they gave it to jesus and we are about to find out how the lord jesus will take that little and multiply it friend is there anything in your life the lord is asking you to give to him mm -hmm. let's talk at uh, let, let, let's discuss this in the context of money there are many christians who may go to church or are listening to me right now or may go to a Christian meeting. In their bank account, they only have $50. In the refrigerator, they have just a loaf of bread. But God will speak in their hearts. Out of the $50, I want you to give $25. But if they refuse to, they just block the supernatural flow of God to quadruple that $50. But if by faith, 
you obey God out of the $50 you have in the bank and you give 25, God will give it back to you quadruple fold multiplied. That is a principle here. Never be afraid to give God what he asks you to give, even though you don't have enough. It's never about having enough to give. It's about sacrificial giving of what you have and trusting God to multiply it. God is not after the amount. <laughs> he is after your giving to his work sacrificially by faith out of the little you have and he multiplies that friend so don't let anyone deceive you that i only have 50 dollars i'm only worth 50 dollars i cannot give god 25 friend if god puts that in your heart give if god's put in your heart to give all the 50 give because a miracle is about to happen in your life in jesus name okay verse 18 the lord said bring them here to me he said, verse 19, and he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. So we see the Lord Jesus thanking God with the little he had in his hands and trusting God to do miracles. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. Verse 20, they all ate and were satisfied and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over verse 21 the number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children glory to God Bible scholars say that more than likely there were probably 15 to 20,000 people at this gathering. But the reason why only 5,000 are mentioned here is because we see that in verse 21, the number of those who ate was about 5,000 men. Keep this in perspective with regards to the Jewish culture. At least back then, the men would eat separately from the women. And the women and the children would eat together. So here, the people who ate, the men, 5,000, which is why Bible scholars say that if you, if you were to count the women and the children, close to fifteen or 20,000 people, the Lord fed out of five loaves of bread and two fishes. Friend, God will multiply whatever you give to him in faith. Nothing is impossible with God. Okay, we move to uh, verse 22, uh, verse 22 there, um, all the way to verse 33, we talked about the Lord Jesus walking on water, another miracle here. Verse 22, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. So Jesus had just finished feeding the 5,000 and the women and children. He gave orders for the disciples to get into the boat and get on the other side and he dismissed the crowd. One thing I want to point out here, he gave others, that was the will of God the Father and the Lord Jesus, asking those disciples to get into the boat. Why is that significant? Because we will find out very shortly here how in the middle 
in the middle of these disciples obeying God, i.e. they are in the middle of God's will, they will run into a significant crisis, a storm, friend. (laughs) There are some Bible teachers who unfortunately teach that when you are doing God's will, is stormless, is crisis-less. That is false. Absolutely false. This is evident across the scriptures. A lot of times, in the middle of God's will, you run, in, run into some significant crisis and some storms. Whew, friend, but God is always with us. Okay, so let's see how these disciples will get into a crisis here. Verse 23 after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountain side by himself to pray. So we see the Lord Jesus asking his disciples to get into the boat. He dismissed the crowd and he went himself to a private place to pray. Again, we see the Lord Jesus, his lifestyle of solitude and quiet time with God the Father and constant prayer. If we could just emulate this, making time, to be quiet with God, frequent prayer, I bet you we would see more results in our lives and we would be more Christ-like. Okay? Later that night, he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Already, this is in the middle of the night, I've read some uh, scholars say anywhere between 3 to 4, 5 a.m., the disciples are in a boat and there is heavy waves coming against the boat, i.e. the boat is about to sink now. And they were in the middle of God's will, obeying the Lord Jesus' command. Wow. Verse 25, shortly before dawn, probably 5, 6 a.m., Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. Verse 28, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear, surely. (laughs) The disciples were panicking uh, by this uh, time. Verse 27, But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Isn't that something? In the middle of crisis, whatever crisis we are going through right now, the Lord Jesus is saying, Take courage, I am with you. I will never leave or forsake you. I know what you are going through. I am experiencing the compassion. The compassion towards you. Take courage. Don't be afraid. Be still. God is still the same. He's speaking to you right now, just like he spoke to these disciples. Verse 26. Lord, if it's you, this is Peter now. Peter replied, Tell me to come to you on the water. Wow. Now, Peter telling the Lord Jesus, after Jesus had told them to take courage, Peter said, Lord, if this is you, give me an order to come. A couple of things here. Number one, the Bible teaches us us not to test God. Peter was not testing God. He was just verbalizing his faith. And also, he asked for Jesus' permission to step out of that boat. Okay? He just did not arrogantly step out. He said, Lord, if this is you, tell me to come. Glory to God. This is very, very relevant. 
powerful message here. If we are going through crisis and we are not sure if it's the Lord directing us in a certain path, we would be wise to say, Lord, if this is you, could you confirm this? If this is you, would you reveal this more to me? I need clarity. I need clarity. That is how we should behave. Just like Peter. Lord, if this is you, give me the order to come to you. The Lord Jesus is always willing. The Lord said in verse 28, I mean, uh, I'm sorry. The Lord said in verse 29, come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came toward Jesus. Verse 30, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Powerful principle here. The Lord Jesus gave Peter the command to come. By faith, looking at Jesus Christ, Peter stepped out of that boat and walked on water. The problem here is when he took his eyes off of Jesus, the spiritual, when he took his eyes off of Jesus, the author and finisher of his faith, he started to look at the natural, the waves, doubt and fear came over him and he began to sink. Glory to God. Listen, friend, whatever crisis you are going through, when you take your eyes off of Jesus, you look around your circumstances, it is going to be depressing, fearful, and it's going to lead to doubt. The message here is that through our throughout our walk with God, in the middle of storms, we should never take our eyes off of Jesus. How do we do that? We stay in his word. We pray. We fellowship with God. We call out to him in prayer. We stay God conscious, God sensitive. We bury our heads in the word of God. When we do that, we would be focusing on God 100%. And we won't allow the circumstances to cause us to doubt. Okay? So Peter also taught us a powerful lesson here. When Peter started to sink, what did he do? He called out to God again. Friend, even if you are in the middle of crisis and you took your eyes off of Jesus and you start to experience fear, doubt, and unbelief, you can quickly come right back, call upon Jesus again. He will be there to strengthen you. So don't get too deep into fear and unbelief. Get right back calling upon Jesus the author and finisher of your faith. Okay, so let's see how the Lord would respond to uh, Peter. Verse 31, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him, just like I was saying, calling out to Jesus again. Here's what the Lord said. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? Exactly. You of little faith, you of weak faith, why did you doubt? Peter doubted because he took his eyes off of Jesus and started to look at the natural. Fear came over him. You know, friend, I said this when I was fighting cancer. I spent countless of hours. For the first year, I spent anywhere from 8 to 10 hours a day just studying the healing ministry of Jesus, renewing my mind, learning how other people received their healing from the Lord, I was, it was as if I was walking through the fire, but was not touched by the fire, walking through the fire, but I was not inhaling the smoke because 
I was so focused on God, I did not have time to think about cancer. And just as a byproduct of being attuned and too sensitive to God, I received my healing from metastasis colon cancer that I was given a very poor prognosis. I have lived this. It works. The Bible teaches us out of the book of Isaiah, the Lord will keep him, you, me, in perfect peace if our minds are steadfast upon him. Peace is a person, Jesus Christ. So if we want to overcome in crisis, there is one solution. There is one way. Keep your mind focused on Christ. It's doable. It's a decision that you can make to just bury your head in the word of God. Let God's love, his truth saturate you. And that crisis will just leave you without you even giving in much attention. It works. It worked for me. It will work for you too. Okay, so we get to verse 32. And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. So the Lord Jesus reached out and took Peter and brought him into the boat. And then the wind stopped. Verse 33, then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly you are the son of God. We see the Lord Jesus is exerting his authority over creation again. Verse 34, when they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret. Verse 35, and when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all their sick to him. Verse 36, and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak. And all who touched it were healed. Hallelujah. Just being in the presence of God, there is supernatural healing. Just being in the presence of God, there is supernatural deliverance. Just being in the presence of God, there's supernatural reviving of our bodies. Do you receive that? This is awesome. Just touching the, the edge of the Lord Jesus' cloak, people received. All of them were healed. And for those of you who have not listened to my Old Testament teaching, uh, the, the, the clocks were gowns that the priests, those who were uh, considered holy, God gave instructions to Moses on how to design that clock. You can find that in Deuteronomy 22, 12. So the Lord Jesus wore this garment that had tassels all over it and uh, people recognize that garment as representing God, as representing God's holiness. So just touching the edge of that garment in faith produces healing. Glory to God. Today, we don't need a garment. We have the revealed, written word of God. Just spending time in the word of God, which is our medicine, produces healing in our body. I hope you receive that in Jesus' name. That brings me to the end of that sweet chapter there. So let us go over the principles and application out of Matthew 14. Principle number one, sin always leads to shame, guilt, and fear. Mm -hmm. People may try to hide their sin, but they cannot hide their conscience. We talked about that. We talked about the faith of Peter, number two, how Peter among all the disciples who were in that boat was the only one who had faith enough to step out. 
okay and number three we talked about the fact that even when you take your eyes off of jesus during crisis you can quickly come back by calling upon him he is always available and willing and what is the application friend going back to peter's story like i said among all the disciples who were in that boat only peter had the faith to step out there are some people who may consider peter as a failure because he took his eye his eyes off of jesus and then became afraid. No, that is not so. In fact, Peter was the only one who exhibited strong, bold faith among all those other disciples. He stepped out. Likewise, when you are dealing with issues, even when every other person that you love, every other person who claims to be a Christian tells you that God is not going to come through for you, you have to just stand up in faith and say, no, I know God. God is coming through. Don't wait to get people's approval to step out in faith and trust God. Okay, Peter was the only one who was not a tree hugger. Mm -hmm. He did not sit at the comfort of the boat. He stepped out. So don't allow fear to prevent you from stepping out. If God is calling you today to do something, it could be God calling you to go preach the word. It could be God calling you to give, to serve. Don't let fear, don't let what others are telling you, don't let what others are doing prevent you from obeying God. You step out in faith. You step out of the boat. For some people, their boat is their comfort zone. Step out of that comfort zone and trust God. Just like God, Jesus was with Peter, he is with you. Remember, if it's God, he is going to bring you through. So don't be afraid of leaving your comfort zone. For some people, your comfort zone is that you've been in a particular church for years and the church is not even feeding you anymore. But you're just there because that is where your parents went. That is where your children have been raised. But yet you're not happy going there because you're not being fed. Yet you, you are afraid to leave. And God may be calling you to another church because he wants to use you somewhere else. Friend, if that, is, if that is your story, step out in faith and trust God. Because he will bring you into new friendships, into higher and better heights, if you trust God. Okay? So don't let fear prevent you. And we talked about this already. If you are living in sin, you don't have the ability to stop on your own. Call upon the Lord Jesus. And there are three things I have said this before that has to happen if you're practicing sin. Number one, you have to confess that sin with your mouth. You got to confess that thing to God. Number two, Two, you have to acknowledge that you've sinned against God and others because all sin is directly against God, yourself, and others. And the thirteen, third thing, you have to stop practicing the sin and call upon the Holy Spirit to strengthen you to do so and avoid the environment that can tempt you into practicing the sin. And God is willing. Okay? In the name of Jesus. 
We're going to have storms in life. In the name of Jesus, we're going to have temptations in life, but we have the choice to overcome because we have the Holy Spirit living in us. We have God the Father who is always willing and ready. We have the promise of Jesus that he will never leave or forsake us. We have no excuse to call upon Jesus to help us to deal with the storms, to call upon Jesus to help us to overcome, to live lives that we don't glorify the enemy that we don't practice sin. Let us live lives that we glorify God. Let us live lives that we glorify God, not the enemy. Let us live worthy as children of God. In Jesus' name, I hope you receive that. Father, thank you for your message. Thank you for your word. Father God, thank you that even when we miss the mark, you are there to help us. Even when we step out in faith and we fail, you are there to redirect us. Holy Spirit, for all the listeners, I pray that for those who are practicing sin, you embolden them, you strengthen them, you enable them to stop the sin. For all those that you are calling to a new level of relationship, strengthen them to leave their comfort zones and trust you, for you are faithful. In the same way, you helped Peter to walk on water. And when he called upon you, you were able to reach out and touch him. Father, I pray you're reaching out right now by faith and touching all the listeners today. Father, I thank you. You're a good God. Father, I thank you that you are strengthening them. I thank you for your love that is basking in their souls. I thank you for clarity of their purpose and divine calling. I thank you for your presence in their life. Father God, you are faithful. So I pray in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I am confident that you've answered my prayer because I have prayed in faith and in the name of Jesus. And everybody who agrees say, Amen. As Dr. Ruth just explained, true Bible faith is simply acting on what the Bible teaches and trusting God with the rest. If you'd like to learn more on how to operate in true Bible faith, Dr. Ruth has a book and audio CD teaching on this very relevant topic in our Christian journey. We recommend that you obtain either the book or the two and a half hour audio CD teaching, or even both as many others have done, and start learning how to allow God's blessings to chase you. Here is the title, which is the same for the book and CD. Faith to Receive God's Promises How to Walk in Biblical Faith and Allow the Blessings of God to Chase You This teaching on faith has blessed hundreds of people, and you will be blessed as well. Visit our website today, drruthtanyi.org. That's D-R-R-U-T-H-T-A-N-Y-I dot O-R-G. Go to the e-bookstore, order your copy, and start enjoying God's abundant blessings. In the name of Jesus, we trust that you will enjoy a blessed day today. I am Chris Horan. Goodbye.